Eating Soup Alone is a podcast hosted by me, Christopher Kremlin, and co-hosted by Nicholas Johnson. We try our best to ramble incoherently about a handful of movies at least once a week. In 1931, James Whale made a beautiful picture named Frankenstein. He didn't choose the name Frankenstein. Mary Shelley chose the name Frankenstein. Recently, you've been reading Frankenstein by Mary Shelley, written in 1818. 1819? 1818, Christ, and she was 18 years old, and that's not true. I haven't been reading it. I've been done read it. You've been done listened to it, more like it. And also, the first time that I saw the movie Frankenstein was in the 200th anniversary year of the book. 2018 or 2008? Yeah, 2018. What the fuck is this? I want to talk about the book a little bit. Well, so I should hold off on this? Oh, that's right. It's the future now. We get mail via the internet. Okay, well, let's see what this is. Uh, Email address says daddysgirl76 at hotmail.com. Okay. Frankenstein. Based on Mary Shelley's 1818 novel of the same name, sometimes, Frankenstein is the world's most recognizable monster movie and the classic trilogy frankenstein bride of and son of is a lot a lot a lot like star wars the first one is a classic akin to something like the wizard of oz it sets a tone and it is a real fun and tight movie the second just balls to the wall out of control (laughs) plays with characters you already familiar with had fun putting them into new situations and building on what the first movie did and then the third one happens 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10, 6 out of 10. So. The book. Yeah, so I read the book. So I read the book. So I read the book. So you listened to the book. I, I don't know why you're going to be a dick about that. I read it. My brain received words into it, and I made pictures inside of my head. I feel like that's reading. <laughs> On a side note, I had signed up for Audible just Some to Some of one. us have to have jobs, Chris, all right? I can't just sit around reading all day. <laughs> I signed up for Audible to get one of those free credits and cash it in, and I did that, and then I tried to cancel Audible. And then the other day, I'm hanging out, and Audible's like, hey, we took another $16 out of your account. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Audible, I canceled you. That's fucked up, Audible. So I called Audible, and, and, and this person answered, and she was like, hello. And I was like, hello. I thought I canceled this. I'm so sorry, but it just charged me. I'm like, I don't know what to do. How do I really cancel this? Because I didn't think I was going to lose $16 this month. She was like, oh, okay, I got it for you. Don't worry. Here's $16 back. And I was like, oh, my God. I didn't expect to even get the $16 back. Thank you so much. So Audible, two thumbs up. It took 14 seconds for me to get my money back. Nice. Anyway, I listened to Frankenstein on audiobook on Audible. That's a plug. I'm um, expecting my check, Audible. This episode's brought to you by Audible. If I'm you expecting a check. Audible.com forward slash ESA. Cat poop. You receive 16 free dollars. <laughs> Now, if you go to audible.com, find a number, call them, and say, hey, you charged me money, give it back, they'll just give it back to you. So that's a little plug. If you go to Audible, call them, and say, hey, I didn't know you existed until I heard Eating Soup Alone's podcast talk about you on their podcast, and their podcast sent me to you, that would be appreciated. They'll have to do something. Reach out. Maybe an email. Maybe Jeff will let us, maybe Jeff will hook us up. I'm looking for an email from Audible. I'm looking for an email from Bezos. You said your best. You said your favorite book. <laughs> oh yeah, Frankenstein's. Oh yeah, Frankenstein's my favorite book. Um, I listened to it. It's great. It's metal as fuck. Um, Melly, Melly, Mary Shelley wrote it when she was 18, which blows my mind. 
um, differs wildly from the movies, which may have dampened the movies a little bit for me. Um, Don't spoil. I want to read one day, but talk about it a little bit. Uh, I'm going to talk about it a lot of bit. A lot of bit. I'll talk about it a little bit. Um, it's basically it, like the movies, Frankenstein, make it a monster. Monster goes on a rampage. They kill the monster. Classic structure. Classic structure. The book, Frankenstein, make it a monster, goes crazy. Um, fucks around being crazy for a year and then goes home for, I think, a year. And then meets up with the monster again. And the monster's like, bro. And the monster's like, hey, dude. I I can talk like a real man. And here's what I've been doing for two years. And then you find out what the monster's been doing for two years. And that's arguably, in my opinion, the best part of the book. Yeah, I'd wager he was unemployed. He was absolutely unemployed, squatting yeah. in someone's house. So before you go judging me. Yeah, you're just like a, a, a cobbled together mess of human parts. Um, living off someone else's dime. <laughs> They, uh, it just describes him like differentiating between senses and stuff like that, and basically getting his bearings. And Square, all triangle, red, blue, yellow. Exactly, and then getting you know hiding out in like somebody's like shed and watching this family for like the a year and stuff like that, and the father's blind, which we see in Frankenstein two or Bride of Frankenstein. Um, and then it goes back to Frankenstein at that bit where he's talking to the monster and then he's like nah man fuck you and he's like oh you're gonna make me a wife and he's like alright fine and he goes and tries to make him a wife and goes this is a bad idea fuck you and then they're just hunting each other for the rest of the book most dangerous game it is the most dangerous game uh, it's great it's out of control it's very metal I highly recommend it I put it off for a very long time because it felt a little dense to me like just uh, the language it's written in and kind of how old it is but that didn't seem to be a problem for me at all when I finally sat down and did it, it's uh, it's quite readable, which is a good thing for a book to be. Wow. Moving. Touching, really. As I was saying initially, in 1931, James Whale made this beautiful picture called Frankenstein. And uh, it was immediately after uh, Dracula had just come out. They were like, hey, we got to cash in on this monster craze. People are loving these spooky, spooky stories. People love ghouls. They love People goblins. Go ghouls, goblins. Not passe. They're hip. They're new. They're now. They're wow. wow. <laughs> so anyways, uh, let's see. Cold Open. Boom. Cold Open. Well, not even a cold open. They have like a... All old movies, for some reason, spend the first seven minutes showing you painstakingly one person's name at a time. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it takes so long. It's most of the movie, honestly. <laughs> um, the monster? Question mark? Love that was a, yeah, that's a good touch. Uh, cold open, classic. It's fog. It's so much fog. It's a set. No, Love cold that. open. It's a man on a stage going like, this movie's spooky. <laughs> yeah, anyway, here yeah, it yeah. is. The guy who plays Van Helsing goes, good evening. This may shock you. This may scare you. It might even terrify you. Plug in the picture. Yeah. And then afterwards, yeah. Okay, fog's rolling in. They built a set. Never see that anymore. Yeah, what the hell? Hollywood, make Loved something. It. How about this? Hollywood, look at me in the eye, Hollywood. Why don't you fucking make something? How about you get off your fucking money-grubbing asses and goddamn make something outside of a goddamn <laughs> computer? 
Fucking yeah. you bunch of nerds sitting there typing in ones and zeros. How about you get off your ass, learn some carpentry, and make a castle? Yeah, can we talk about how nerdy it is to make CGI stuff? Fucking, Why don't you be a man? Hey, how about fucking... Oh, I gotta make sure the shadows are working well and the... the, the, the the proportions and the uh, the de-aging effects. Uh, How about this? Make sure your left hand and your right hand are working well. And then build a set. Right. Fucking. Ugh. Oh, I gotta make sure the lighting works. So that, so that, <laughs> you and lighting. No, I gotta make sure the lighting... So I can't his, see the ones and zeros. <laughs> I gotta make sure the lighting on his face matches the lighting on his hands. Because if they don't, it'll be like the, the end of car. the Matrix when Neo can finally see that the green numbers are not actually anything and instead they're the dragon that you wanted to see in your head. Shut up, you fucking nerds. Make an Iron Man suit. That's all I want. That being said, uh, visual effects artists work very hard. They're very underappreciated. And underpaid. They make most movies nowadays. And they're very underpaid and they're very underappreciated. Uh, yeah, when you have I, all that, what they're doing, do you even need actor anymore? No, honestly, no, you don't. No, you don't. These guys can make movies by themselves. They can I make Tupac too. be the star of a movie they yeah, want. Yeah, they absolutely could, and I'd love to see it. Visual they can effects make artists? Transformers those? 7 with Tupac Shakur. Chris, as I the think main. there's like 10 of those movies. They can make Transformer 11. Starring Tupac Shakur. And. Um, but anyway, visual effects guys, I, I, I apologize if any of you are listening. I think you guys work very hard. I watch a lot of videos about your work, and I'm very just continually impressed by every last one of you. So anyways, cold open, aside from everything we said to this point. And we're at a funeral, and it's a set, and it's beautiful, and there's this fog rolling in, and there's so much fucking tasty fog. I don't know who brought all this dry ice, but I'm glad for it. And uh, then you get to see, you know, what you think is Igor. Uh-uh-uh. Igor doesn't show up till the third movie. That's the first time they ever call the assistant Igor. Igor. Instead, uh, this is Fritz. This is 9 o'clock, according to your watch. It is 9 o'clock. Fritz is hanging out with Dr. Frankenstein. I almost said Connors. <laughs> Dr. Frankenstein is played by Colin Clive. Does a great job. Smoked a lot of cigarettes. Died at 40. Very handsome man. Very handsome man. Beautiful voice. Big problem I have in this movie is when he's just running around the lab doing shit and being crazy. His hair's a little bit down on his face and he looks so good. And when he's like, ooh, I'm getting all dressed up because it's my special day and his hair's all slicked back. I'm like, you like the biggest dork I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Am I boring you, Chris? You bored the fuck out of me. Okay. So anyways, they watch this funeral happen, and then they decide, oh, I'm going to dig that guy up. He looks like a good guy to dig up. They dig him up. Then they also go and find a hanged man. They find the hanged man. They cut him down. They bring him back to the laboratory. What are they doing? Well, we cut back to his fiance. His fiance is talking to a guy, a guy who wants to be in there. He uh, wants to be in there. What's the friend's name? Victor. Henry. No. Victor? Oh, right. Henry, Henry, yeah. Which, for some reason, is the most baffling part of this movie for me. Yeah. They flip those from the book. In the 30s, uh, Universal loved doing that for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. But even in, like, Dracula, they do that with a couple characters. If you read the book, you'll you'll notice. Like, it's just those two guys. It's it's Victor Frankenstein and his friend Henry whatever. In this, it's Henry Frankenstein and his friend Victor whatever. Victor Frankenstein is such a whip-ass name. Why would you change that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's a Victor. Victor. Frankenstein. It's great. He was hunting. You're right. It's great. So anyways, she's all like, oh dear, I wonder what my fiance is doing. And he's like, don't worry, baby, I'm right here. And she goes, I got this letter. And it's all so weird. She's like, it's so weird. He's like, I'm living in a fucking 
tower and uh, doing experiments and nobody can see what I'm doing and prying eyes. And he's like, oh, that is strange. Cut back to making a man with your left hand and your right hand making something. No Hollywood, computers in sight. Listen, Hollywood, take out a notebook. Okay, now go find a pencil. Okay, now take a note. So he uh, does this with the help of Fritz. Little side note. Great. Sample from MF Doom. Don't touch that. Pulled that right out of there. Great. It. Love it. Yeah, rest in peace. Rest in power. Exactly. Anyways, long story short, what happens? He makes a monster. What make happens? Make a man. He make a man. Man get away. Man drown baby. He make a man, <laughs> but before he make a demand, he get it a brain. He get it the brain. Fritz drop a brain. He does drop brain. Goes, ah, a brain's a brain. Goes to get one that's labeled doo-doo brain, do not touch. Yeah, exactly. Like he touched all brain. over. Bring back the doctor. Doctor? No question. There's no point where he's ever like, hey, how come brain don't work? And something I'd like to know. We're always talking about Doc and Marty. How did these two meet? Yeah, exactly. How did Henry Frankenstein meet just a hunchback that clearly nobody wants anything to I'm going to put my cards on the table. In my opinion, this is the 1930s equivalent of that relationship. Sure. That's what Back to the Future is. It's an updated version of the Frankenstein story. And it's sort of a car that travels through time. Yeah. That makes you fuck your mom on accident. Uh Uh-huh. They make a man. They make a man. Because here, let's take a side note for a second to talk about how important this story is. Is it the first science gone wrong story? No. Books. Sorry. They existed before movies. Sorry, Hollywood. Put down Sorry, your hammer Hollywood. and your computers. You it's all about books. It is. How about books. you put down the computers, you put down the hammers, you pick up a book, read something. <laughs> but while we're talking about movies, here you go. This is the granddaddy. Yeah. Pay your respects. Get Absolutely, on your knees. Yeah. Touch your head, your hand to your head, then touch it to your heart, then touch it to your right shoulder, and then your left shoulder. Or is it left shoulder than right story? And then say a Hail Mary. And then put your hands together and say, thank you, James Whale. Thank you, Universal. Thank you, Boris Karloff. It's left shoulder than right shoulder. Oh, shit. Well, anyways. Well, anyways. (laughs) But anyways, this is it. This is where science goes wrong. In terms of, like, the Star Wars of science gone wrong, this is the Star Wars of science gone wrong. Of course, there were earlier pictures that had to do with science go wrong, but this is the one that everybody knows. This is the science go wrong that everybody knows. Yeah. I would... I. What? This is the first sci-fi movie is what I'm saying. The first important one. I mean, there are some that, like, if you're a nerd, you might dig it up out of the silent era or whatever. But this is the first talking science fiction movie. Metropolis, yeah. obviously, predates it. Yeah, no, this sure. Is, this is the big one, though. But this is the big one. Um... What I like about watching these older movies with you, since because before I think before we started this podcast, I don't think I'd seen a movie made before a hard day's night, probably. <laughs> um, but something I I really love about these movies is, for the most part, I'm sorry, but when I'm watching these movies, I don't love a lot of it. Mm-hmm. But every now and then, they'll just pull something out of nowhere where I'm like, "Fuck!" I mean, we say it all the time on here. But out of time. Is, that is out of time. Yeah. That is so good. If I saw that in a movie today, I'd yeah. be like, my jaw would be on the floor. I'd yeah. Like, fuck. That's the coolest thing. I've and ever to seen. validate you for a second, I uh, I personally love every second of old movies, but I get it. I get why a lot of it wouldn't survive to today. 
But that's like the main thing that makes me come back to it is the things that I'm like, whoa, fuck, that's out of time. Like that's some shit that I haven't even seen replicated to die. You know what I mean? Yeah, like a lot of it. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna make myself sound bad and stupid. I'm sorry, but a, a lot of these movies when I'm watching them, for a good majority of it, I'm like, I'd kind of like to look at my phone right now because I know what's <laughs> happening and I know yeah. what's going to happen and I appreciate yeah. what they're doing and I think that part's very cool. Yeah. But at the same time, I can just I know what's happening and I can appreciate that just by knowing it and seeing it isn't really gonna help me. Yeah. But then, you know, they strap Frank instead of that table. And there's just a crazy amount of electricity everywhere. And it's like, oh, fuck. There is no way. They don't got computers. They picked up a hammer and a screwdriver and made real electricity. There's yeah. real electricity zipping around this room and shit like And that's so strange. Let's take a side note uh, and just talk about this. I know other people say this, but I mean this with the deepest sincerity. When I see that, even though it looks fucking stupid, because it's real electricity, my ape brain goes, holy shit. I mean, that's my thing. I don't think it looks stupid at all. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's something about, like, lizard brain that's like, that's real electricity. Yeah. Whereas, like, when I look at the CGI thing, like, yeah, it's nothing I've ever seen, and it looks amazing, but my brain also, like, lizard brain can go, yeah, but it doesn't look real. Yeah. I'm not no- saying I'm consciously thinking it in my head, but, like, I know it primordially, like, yeah. in the soup of my being. I know it's not real. I think that's some of the, I mean, not mystique. This might be the opposite of mystique, but it's some of the charm that I love about these old movies is everything you see happening is probably happening like that's real electricity that's a real tiny king inside that bottle <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there yeah i mean i know that i think about it all my examples are coming from bride of frankenstein so we'll get there when we get there but um like like we already said all the sets and stuff like that or mm-hmm. even if they're miniatures and stuff like that just bs just, just they whip dick <laughs> it's so good um <laughs> Because it's another neat thing where it's like, there's, there's like, it's not one or the other. But I, I'm not talking about a- absolutes, but this has a, a charm that can only be achieved by I've never seen that, which only is achieved by building something I've never seen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like something like Annie Hall works because I'm like, oh, look, they're actually walking down the street of New York. Mm-hmm. But something like Frankenstein wouldn't work necessarily in New York. I mean, unless he did something interesting like Frankenhooker. Or he teamed up with Spider-Man. Or he teamed up like spider But anyways, but for this movie specifically in 1931, you gotta build a fucking fake cemetery hill. Yeah. For me to be like, wow, look at this. It's like Wizard of Oz. I'm like, this is a new world. I'm in a new world. I'm in a new world where a science man could make a little gross green man. Yeah, and it's something that gets me throughout this movie, especially when they're outside at night. Yeah. And there's the clouds and everything up ahead or above them and stuff like that. It is very clearly a sheet with a picture of clouds on it. Yeah. But something about it doesn't look 100% fake, where it just feels like another world, Mm -hmm. where it just feels like this is what this world looks like, and I love it. I think it's great. Yeah, there's like an old movie trick that um, reminds me of the way that like uh, Marvel or something would have like uh, Earth 2 or something. Okay. That's how I feel every time I watch a movie. Where uh, I'm buying into this is the Earth, but not necessarily my Earth. And I think that lends into your yeah. clouds thing, being like, this is real, but not my reality. Mm. Anyways, so uh, monster get loose, monster drown baby. You're Man gonna... carry baby through city? That's the darkest thing I've ever seen in a movie. So metal, yeah. <laughs> Besides, like, a Requiem for a Dream and Kids. That's one of the darkest things I've ever seen. Yeah, like... It, it happens uh, for a long time. It happens for a long time. 
uh, my biggest problem with this movie compared to the book is I think the book is so metal. Mm-hmm. And this movie isn't that metal, in yeah. my opinion. Like, the incident with the girl in the river. Spoilers, mm-hmm. in the book, he sees a girl drowning in a river and he saves her. And then her dad shoots him. He's like, what the fuck? Um, in this, he throws a little girl in the river and it's like, oh, that's wild. And then the dad finds her, and yeah, like you said, for a minute straight, yeah. you just watch him walk through the town holding his dead daughter. But also, how he know Monster did it? Yeah. How he know Monster is even a thing? But it's one of those things. How does anyone know there's a monster? I think it might be the most extreme example of it. It's so good, I don't care. Yeah. It's just, it's so good. Because it pays off. It really you does. watch that scene, it happens forever, and you're like, oh my god. Oh my god. And then everybody wants to kill Monster, so they get their pitchforks. And they go looking for Monster. And we need to take a sidebar because I forgot about something. Um, I forgot to mention, Fritz loves torturing the Monster. Oh, yeah. I completely forgot about this. So much so that the Monster kills Fritz. Just almost immediately. Yeah. Fritz is in almost none of this movie. Yeah, it's one of like two censored scenes from my understanding of the movie. Two things that were censored were one, the it's alive, it's alive. By God, now I know what it it feels like to be God or something like that, to that effect. That was censored. It used to just be, it's alive, it's alive. And the other thing being the monster getting tortured. Um, Instead, in the, uh, from my understanding, the way that the movie was presented to most people is that the monster just kills Fritz. Which is worse. Yeah. Way worse. The monster kills Fritz because he gets punished or because he gets uh, tortured. That's way more digestible than monster kills Fritz because fuck it. Yeah, it's um, at the heart of this movie, at the heart of Frankenstein, it's what I love the most, which is really, 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 really driven home in the book. Uh-huh. And they do a really good job of it in Bride of Frankenstein as a movie. Um, and they do it a bit here, and I enjoy it. But you see these moments of Frankenstein just being this scared, lost monster who has good in him inherently i think but he's also just a big dumb monster yeah so he hurt the guy that hurt him he felt he didn't want to kill that girl probably um is there another moment of frankenstein being just a chill dude in this one in the first one i don't think so i don't know okay offhand i don't nothing comes to mind too much that might be why i like two so much but we'll get there i have almost nothing more to say about this first one so i want to give it to you overall what else could you ask for this is an hour investment for the sci-fi movie what are you gonna tap it with metropolis maybe i don't know it depends on whether or not you're into silent movies but this is the sci-fi movie this is it mm. i give it what i think star wars is the sci-fi movie but whatever i get what you mean <laughs> that's a very different kind of sci-fi in my opinion that's okay. like outer space like space fantasy almost what i mean by like sci-fi is just like something like I get what you the mean. fly or back to the future like yeah, just yeah, yeah. science fiction you know so this is the sci-fi movie this is where it all starts and uh as far as i'm concerned by my metric of what it set out to do and what it accomplished this is an a plus spoilers i'm gonna give the second one an a plus too but that's because i it's better but you can't go any higher so technically on the scale it's as good as each other but you know whatever so anyways frankenstein night out of the park i mean here comes the invention of sound speaking in movies. And your first two at-bats, basically, are Dracula and Frankenstein. Insane. 
That's insane. Our two horror at bats are Dracula and Frankenstein. Yeah. That's crazy. That's great, yeah. yeah. Also, I love, we talked about it in Dracula. I don't think those have come out yet, but we talked about it in Dracula. We um, will talk about it in Dracula, more like it. But, and also, I'd really like to see Dracula and Nosferatu again. Yeah, we can do it soon. And oh boy, would I love to see Werner Herzog's Nosferatu again. <laughs> oh, that would be so good. That yeah. movie whip beats every ass. Mm-hmm. No, I, uh, I definitely get what you mean, but I, 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 uh, am definitely just of the camp that the idea of review would be a great sort of segment for the okay. podcast, a great way to get some more comp- content, you know? One of those, those things where it's like, hey, look at this, we've been doing this for over a year, or five years, or however it's like it's been. Okay. You know, that kind of a thing. Um, so anyways, rate the movie. I'd give it a B-. minus. Okay. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed parts of it. I mean, um, overall, it didn't really get me, and I didn't have a lot of fun with it. I enjoyed parts and stuff like that. But you know what I did have a lot of fun with? What's that? The Bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> we'll take the floor. Um, like our our electronic viewer wrote in, this movie is just, I mean, you were telling me. I've always referred to it as like the Dark Knight of the Frankenstein trilogy. Yeah, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, you saw Batman Begins, and you're like, yeah, that whips, and then you saw the Dark Knight, and you're like, oh my god, Oscars, Oscars everywhere. Yeah, uh, yeah, you were saying it's like one of the like one of if not the like original like trilogy that mm-hmm. happened, mm-hmm. and it uh, it does kind of do away with some continu- continuity, but mainly just actors, I think. Yeah, um, it just replaces actors without any care in the world, but it does give you characters from the first movie that they don't need to set up with anymore yeah. so you're just off to the races from the beginning mm-hmm. and they bring in fun new characters like um oh what's his name okay. ernest thessinger ernest thessinger mm-hmm. he's great um the monster can talk in this one you get more scenes with him you get him with the blind man in the cabin which i just adore oh i love it so much um you get wild shit that's arguably not good, but I love, like, Ernest Thessinger coming in and being like, I love your work, how you can make people. I've been doing something similar. And he opens this, these little jars that have tiny little people inside of them that he's created. He's like, and we can do it together and make big people. But he's just got, like, a little Henry VIII and a little Joan of Arc or whatever. And yeah. they're all just in these little glass cases. And it's so dumb and so bad. And then also, um, my man... Frankenstein's monster loves smoking stogies in this one. He's just every time you turn around, he's got a cigar. It's like a little Schwarzenegger. Oh, it's so much fun. But you get Ernest Thessinger wanting to do this, Frankenstein not wanting to do it, and Ernest Thessinger recruiting the monster and having him be on his side and be like, We're making a lady for this guy. Um, And I think just the movie is just a blast. I think it's so much fun. Um, I think it's shot really well. Um, there are scenes in this that, like the other ones, just feel out of time. Like they're just, mm-hmm. you know me, I'm a big old slut for black and white. And there are so many scenes in this, not so many, but there are a handful of scenes where you just get like close-ups of like Ernst Thessinger or Frankenstein's face with just the most insane shadows on them, like shot from above, lights coming from underneath them, and it just it looks so yeah. good. Or you get shots of just the the lab like that while they're the beds going up into the ceiling and stuff like that 
Uh, I love this movie. I think it's great. This movie has the worst opening of any movie I've ever seen in my oh, fucking life. absolutely forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah, it blows. It's raining, there's a mansion, and there may or may not be something indicating that it's the 1800s in terms of text. Um, but there's a man smoking a stogie who goes, <laughs> Shelley, wasn't that a scary little story you told us? That surely that can't be the end of that tale. Then she goes, no, actually, I wrote a little more. And then they go into the fucking movie. And you're supposed to gather from all of that little, like, oh, that uh, it's Mary Shelley telling the story. And it's a nice, that's a bad way to put it. It is a vehicle <laughs> for them to be like, ah, here's all the stuff you missed last year because it's 1930. And when a movie comes out, we just burn the tape afterwards. So if you didn't see it in theater, here's your chance to get caught up real quick. Which I think is so insane because she wrote none of this. None mm -hmm. of this is in the book. None of the first one is in the book, basically. Yeah. Um, but whatever. What are you going to do? I and get he it. just keeps going. Rolls every yard of hand and puts R's into words where there are. Yeah, I know. He's it, like, <laughs> would you guys have to go to lunch? I'd say it's wild. Um, um, yeah, and then they're like. They reshow you him throwing the dummy off the top of the windmill, <laughs> which we did not discuss in the last one. The end, the end of that one. Honestly, that's a great third act set piece in it terms is. of like action movie, all that kind of stuff. Windmill, great. Set it on fire, great. The monster and the doctor are fighting up top, great. You get that great scene with like the, they're like on the other sides of the interior windmill structure, right? And the 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 pegs are, mm -hmm. and you keep cutting back and forth between the monster and the you know one and the same. Um, who's the real monster it, yeah tell me about it and then the monster throws him out of the windmill and obviously it's a dummy the dummy hits a fucking whatever like one of the pegs of the one of the blades of the windmill and then falls to the ground the villagers carry him home anyways back to bride of frankenstein after we're done with that trash intro cold open fires out and all of the uh villagers are like well they must be dead leave then there's this actress i can't remember her name but she's in a lot of universal horror films from this age the golden age and you hate her well you want to watch the little fucking invisible man after this you'll hate her too <laughs> she spends the whole movie going ah! Ah! she doesn't like this movie yeah. yeah but imagine after the first five minutes she doesn't go away yeah that's a great point that's I mean, what she's the... in a lot of this movie but she's she doesn't scream a lot she's in a lot of the Anyways, this beginning, I'm going to go on record right now. God damn it, this beginning gives me big, big, big Halloween Kills vibes. Yeah. How does Halloween 2018 end? The fucking thing's on fire, the monster's inside. How does Halloween yeah. Kills uh, end? The fire's out and the monster's in there. People go into the thing and the monster kills him. And then he's on the loose for the rest of the movie. That's a good point. We it's Halloween kills, bro. We totally passed over in the last movie when all the villagers get together to go find Frankenstein. And evil go, dies. Evil tonight. dies tonight. You said it. Yeah. Evil <laughs> dies tonight. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then yeah, don't you, you you see Frankenstein all burned up? Nice mm -hmm. thing you pointed out as the movie goes on, his wounds start to heal and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, he looks Very a little cool. more smooth. Yeah. But his hair is also singed back yep. to the point where you can see some metal clamps on his uh, you know, his wounds on his forehead and shit. And what does he do in the beginning? He just wanders off? He kind of fucks around. Mm-hmm. The spotlight they... comes off of him for a second. Yeah. We go over to Mr. Frankenstein. He has a new wife, but they don't draw attention to it. She's supposed to be the same woman, but... And I think Ernest Thessinger shows up, and he's like, Listen, I've followed you for quite some time. 
And then he says, get out of here. Go, 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 go. And then uh, then we go to... It's a nice bit of... Nice bit of comedy I really enjoyed in this. Um, a woman who screams from Invisible Man comes in and goes, Oh, Dr. Ernest Thessinger is here to see you. And he goes, Well, tell him to fucking go away. I don't want to see him. And she goes, Okay, I'll do that. And she shuts the door, and the door right next to that one <laughs> opens, and Ernest yeah. Thessinger walks in. It's great. Then we go to the monster, and he may become friends with the blind man. Uh, I think he, like, runs into a woman at a lake, and she starts yelling, and he goes, No, friend, friend. <laughs> No, because... Because he teaches them how to speak. Exactly, yeah. yeah. He goes and sees the blind man. Yeah. One of the... Right? It's the best scene in any of these movies. Yeah. Um, it's so good. Out of this world. It's kind of from the book, but not... It, they play, play with it. He, he goes and sees a blind man because he knows the blind man isn't going to be afraid of how he looks. Yeah. Um, and this, he just happens to stumble across a blind man who can't see how he looks. Blind man wants a friend real bad. Um because he's just out in the woods alone being blind as hell and the monster comes in and goes uh, uh, and he's like oh you can't speak okay sit down and he starts just talking to him and stuff like that and he likes the music that he's playing he's playing Ave Maria it's very nice and I love a nice little touch when he like gets up and like walks over towards the fire Frankenstein freaks out because he's afraid for him I like that a lot and he's like oh after a minute or two he realizes he's like oh no 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 fire's good fire's a friend and teaches my man how to smoke a stogie and I love it because that's his thing for the rest of this movie but before we get into all that just immediately you, you, you go into the little blind man's thing he's like oh my god please oh my god I'm so lonely I've been here for years and he's just a friend so bad and I'm feeling for this guy and then the Frankenstein shows yeah. up the monster and yeah. all the, all of what you just said happens you're like whoa it's this other guy I'm feeling for they're yeah. together now yeah um and then, long story short, a couple of hunters bust in and they're like, hey, can we use your John? Holy goddamn shit, it's the fucking monster. Oh my god, he drowned a baby. Oh my god. And all kinds of madness happens. Shots pop off, fire starts, monster runs off, blind man's like, no, my god, my friend. I asked God and God gave me a friend and yeah. now he's gone. And you know what I did? First time I saw this alone at night. Oh, I cried. I buy it, yeah. I cried. It seems very sad. Because um, they do spend, we brushed through it, but they spend a good amount of time. They, they do, yeah. They're smoking stogies, they're teaching them words. Food, teaching them words, showing them bre- music. Bread. Yeah. So good. It's, it's great. I love it. Um, yeah. You know what we should watch, honestly? The Mummy. Boris Karloff talks a lot in that movie. Yeah. Which is so odd because you've seen so many movies with Boris Karloff not talking at all. Oh, yeah, that's funny. Um, like, even The Old Dark House is a movie where he doesn't talk at all. You've seen, like, four movies where Boris Karloff hasn't said, like, that's a great more than three words. Um, it's a, it's a, it's, when I think about it, it's something that gets me in movies all the time. And it's such, like, an easy thing to do, I guess. But every time it happens, it gets me, it tugs on my heartstrings, and I love it. And then I immediately realize what just happened, and I'm like, oh, it's The Iron Giant. Uh, whenever somebody is talking to a big monster like that and teaching it how to be, mm-hmm. you know, a human. And be, well, this is where the Iron Giant owes it to. I'm sure it goes back more than that. Um, yeah, well, we're talking about movies, though. I mean, probably even... Okay, maybe. Yeah. And you get that... The book goes back get, to 1818. Uh, you get that. You get, like, Terminator 2. That's yeah. why I like it more than Terminator 1. Or you get, like, Big Hero 6, which honestly is just the Iron Giant. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I've said it before, The Iron Giant is my favorite movie, but just, I, 
no matter how you do it, when you do it, where you do it, that shit will get me every single time. Just a very nice person trying to teach a monster who wants to be good to be yeah. good. Oh, makes me you, cry every Because you time. are who you choose to be. Chris, we gotta. Oh, you're gonna make me cry. We gotta watch. We gotta watch Iron Giant one of these days. We'll watch it tonight. Maybe okay. I mean for the pod, but sure, sure, sure. Oh, okay. We can do. We can do it twice. I'll. Do, I'll watch the Iron Giant twice. Yeah, sure. <laughs> if you. If, Twisting my arm, sure, Chris, I'll do it. I'll watch it twice. <laughs> Anyways, then what happens? I think he fucks off into the woods. He's like, oh, my God, oh, Jesus Christ. And he ends up bumping into, well, hiding from initially, but long story short, he bumps into Ernest Thessinger, who's paid a couple of grave robbers to dig him into a little cemetery and find yep. some bones and stuff, and he's sitting there having a drink of wine with the skull. And then the monster comes out of nowhere, and the monster goes, <laughs> and Ernest goes, my dear sir, won't you please sit down? And then I think he pulls out fucking cigars. And yeah, he The monster does. is like, well, now you're talking my language. Don't mind if I do. Yeah. They have a little chat, and then they decide to go pay Mr. Frankenstein a visit. And they say, hey, 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 hey. Guess what? I'm about to yes and your whole shit, buddy. You know how that first movie, you were like, ooh, I gotta make a man. I gotta make a man. Now I know what it feels like to be God. Uh-uh. You know what God did? He didn't create man. He created man. Kind. We need a mate so they can fuck. We're gonna make a race. Is what we're gonna do. We're gonna make. Maybe just a cool little step. The bride, <laughs> the bride Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Love it. Love him. Love her, Sessinger. Yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, so they're having this conversation, and I don't know where the monster goes. You make mate, and he's like, "Oh God!" And he's like, "Yes, that's right. I taught them how to speak." Which he did not. He's just taken, yeah. taken, taken. Which taken. is went right out of the book, not him teaching how to speak. Uh-huh. But Frankenstein, in this movie, or essentially puts it in his head. Mm-hmm. But in the book, he's like, hey, everybody hates me. Do you know who wouldn't hate me? A lady that you make who's just like me, <laughs> and we can kiss and stuff. Yeah. And then they make the lady, as far as I'm concerned. Some other stuff may happen. Remind me if I'm wrong. Um, no, not that I can't remember. Yeah, I think they, like, take the bride of normal man, Frankenstein, hostage, and that's how they, like, really coerce him into doing it, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. They make her, and spoilers, she's played by the lady who played Mary Sheller, so Mm -hmm. this movie's unwatchable. That's really a deal breaker for me. Is it? No, I'm being facetious. I'm being very jokey. Oh, I didn't even notice it was her until you brought it up. Yeah, it is. They were bringing her up into the thing. You know who she looks like? Who does she look like? She looks like just like the blonde girl from Ghostbusters who's on SNL. Uh... She got the same teeth and stuff. Oh, in the mouth fuck, what's her name? Am I wrong? I feel like she looks a lot like her. Oh, uh, no, which one? There's two. Oh, There's my There's Kristen Wiig, she's blonde, and then the other one, Kate McKenna. Uh, Kate McKenna. Yeah. I feel like she's got Kate McKenna in it. She does. Anyways, she takes one look at Mr. Frankenstein Monster, and she goes, Whoa! Because she's hot for some reason. She's very hot for some reason. He's not for some reason. Mm-hmm. And then, uh... <laughs> Frankenstein, there's a fucking abort switch that blows the whole thing <laughs> yeah. to the sky high. And Frankenstein's monster grabs it and then looks at Frankenstein normal man and goes, You go! We belong dead! And he runs off and then he flips the switch and him, Ernest Thessinger, and the monster all die. He and says, the- You are who you choose to be. <laughs> I choose to be dead. Yeah. And flips the switch. And then that's how that movie ends. And like I said, I'm giving it an A plus again. You're batting for two for two as far as I'm concerned. I'm going to give it an A. Okay. I loved it. Had a great time. Yeah. If I'm going to watch any of these movies again, it's probably going to be that one. Yeah. Then, tonight, we watched The Son of Chucky, or Frankenstein. 
That's the C to Chucky. Gross. Yeah. Yuck. Which is the third in the series, a la the letter. It just kind of happens as far as you're concerned. Yes. Yeah. Um, the more I think about it, yeah, I think I like it. Yeah. I don't mind it. I think it's very uh, interesting. It's got the most interesting plot, I think. My biggest problem with it? Yeah. Monster's kind of not even really in it. Mm-hmm. He's got that dope fur jacket, though, which I love. Yeah. Uh, I love Inspector Clue. Cluso? Sure. Uh, and his wooden arm yeah. is a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. It's got the son, who I absolutely adore. Yeah. Um, you the telling, grandson, more so. Yeah. You yeah. were telling me people didn't like the kid in this movie, because mm-hmm. kid actors just in general aren't great. Yeah. But I think in this context, where it's this old of a movie, and you can't really cut around him or do a lot of takes with him, Yeah. there's scenes where he's like, there's like a boar on the wall, and he's like, Dad, what's that? And he's like, oh, it's a boar, son. He's like, why, why is he a... What's he, uh, why's he got them teeth? <laughs> and it's great. Uh, yeah. I think he's just, I think he's just a blast. I love watching him. Yeah. And I love his relationship with Inspector Clue, where he's like, you want to want to get hot chocolate with me? And Inspector Clue's like, yeah, dude, I'd fucking love to get hot chocolate with you. Come on, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of great things this movie does. There are an interesting um, array of characters and uh, ways that each of them have complicated interpersonal relationships. Uh, yeah. You know, you get the son of Frankenstein showing up to the town because his da- father has died and left everything to him. Yeah. Town hates him because, hey, right, like your so. dad made monster. And then also the sheriff is like, hey, what's up? I hate you. You made monster. and monster teared off my arm. But then he talks to him for a little while and he's like, I don't know. I kind of like you. It's kind of a bromance. Yeah. They kind of like each other a little bit. They really hit it off. He invites him over for dinner. He yeah. likes his wife. He likes his son. It's great. Yeah. Then uh, Frankenstein meets Igor. Who is... Maybe the best character in any of these movies. Yeah. Uh, Bella Lugosi. Dracula, uh-huh. Knocks out of the park. Igor, he's great. Igor has previously been sentenced to death for helping Frankenstein to grave rob in order to feed his experiments. He was sentenced to death, but he is the man they could not hang. Bang. That's actually the name of a Boris Karloff film. But anyways. Yeah. yeah. He basically survives the hanging. He's all fucked up. He's got the hunchback. His neck's got bones in it. He does that part where he knocks on the broken bone in his neck. I hate that. <laughs> and he goes, Monster is my only friend. You bring Monster back to life. <laughs> it's my favorite and least favorite part of this movie. And Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. I feel for Dr. Frankenstein. He did this. It went wrong. Yeah. It's affecting his life greatly. He wants to put an end to it. Yeah. The same in the second one. He's being forced to make the bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. He's not happy about it. Yeah. In this one, the son of Frankenstein shows yeah. up. Town hates him. And he's like, mm-hmm. please, I'd like to be a friend in time. Yeah. And none of them are having it. And he's like, oh, I'm not like my father and that yeah. awful thing that he did. And then he meets Igor and Igor goes, I have monster. We could fix monster. And he goes, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. We could do that. Sure. Yeah, it is interesting. I will agree with you that the first two definitely hit an emotional chord, whereas this one kind of misses it. Um, and it just is more of a, like you said, Return of the Jedi, where it's like, okay, we have all this lore laid out. Let's do some kind of fun. I don't remember Return of the Jedi too much. Yeah, no one does. I don't remember I mean, the I, rise. I'm a lot of people do, but no, I don't. I don't remember the rise of the Dark Knight as much as I remember the Dark Knight. Um, Hot take. Yeah. A lot of people don't like that movie. I fucking love it. Yeah. I think it goes... Uh, two, three, one. In my opinion, I think it probably goes one, two, three. You like Begins more than Dark Knight? I, we've talked about this yeah. at length. We made a movie list because we were, <laughs> I was so angry at you. Sorry, go on. Yeah, I have mentioned this before. Yeah, there's something about Begins that's nice. I like it. It's much more quiet. 
Dark Knight Rises makes me quiet though. <laughs> Not to say that a movie has to be quieter or anything like that. I just like that it's... Yeah, I get that. It's just... It's even yellow. It's what? It's very yellow. It it really is. It it's really is yellow. yellow. There's something yeah. about it, you know? It's yellow, two is blue, and yeah. three is white. Yeah. Anyways. Um... Yeah, this one, it is... Oh, I know what you're talking about. So anyways, they make Monster. And uh, to talk about the complication of like the fucking relationships and stuff like that, Igor, uh-oh. Hey, I was playing you. Actually, what I need the Monster for is to kill all the people that hang me. I'm getting revenge. And then Basil Rathbone, i.e. son of Frankenstein, is like, oh my god, this is not what I foresaw when I brought a monster back to life. And then the sheriff shows up, and the sheriff's like, hey... People are dying in the village, and it looks like a monster did it. And Basil's going, ah, <laughs> "Oh my god, that's so awful!" Ah. So it becomes this thing where, like, Igor is like, "Hey, I'm killing people with the monster," and Basil's going, "You can't keep killing people with the monster." And he's like, "I don't give fuck." And then the sheriff shows up, and he's like, "There's a monster killing people." And Basil's like, "I know. I'm trying to handle it. I'm trying to handle it." I uh. Just to backtrack in the movie a little bit. Sure. Uh, my favorite part of this movie, it might even be funnier than anything I see in the next movie. Mm-hmm. There's a bit where all the cops are questioning Igor. And they're like, you're helping new Frankenstein do stuff, ain't you? And he goes, yes. <laughs> and they're like, what is he doing? And he goes, I don't know. I just blacksmith. I don't know his work. <laughs> big wheels spin, electricity come out. He There's boxes, big big glass, little glass. I don't know. <laughs> big, yeah, big glass, little glass. Classic. Anyways, long story short, um, the bromance grows. Uh, a moment that I put in the category of the cabin uh, scene is there's uh, an earlier scene where the inspector's like, a ah, monster tore off arm. I wanted to be general like my dad and like his dad could not do because I had metal or wooden arm. Fast forward a couple of scenes and the inspector meets Frankenstein's son and Frankenstein's son goes, hey, why is it you got... Um arm that's not like other arms and he's like oh because i uh and his dad's like uh he's a great general he lost it in the war yeah that's it yeah he was just a great just honorable guy and he lost it in the war and the inspector looks at him and he's like yeah yeah that's what and the inspector goes yeah and i have triples of the barracuda <laughs> yeah exactly exactly that it's the origin of that joke um and that uh, was a little bit of backtracking I want to do before we get to the climax, which is that the inspector shows up and he's like, hey, I got my hat on for a reason because you're getting arrested. I'm sorry. And he's like, how about I go find Boris Carla or sorry. Oh, how about I go find Bella Lugosi, the Igor? And he's like, fine, you go do your thing. He's like, ah, uh, Igor, bang, bang, kills Igor real quick. Then the monster runs off and steals his baby and wants to throw his little baby son into like the sulfur, but then he jumps on a rope and kicks the Frankenstein monster into a vat of or a big old natural hole of sulfur and the monster dies a la Terminator 2. And uh, credits basically. Oh no, I forgot he addresses the town. He goes, ha ha ha, don't worry. You guys can have the castle and all of the fortune and I'm out of here. Good tidings. Yeah, everything, everything we missed in this movie is just him and the inspector talking to each other and going, <laughs> and having a great time yeah they're just drinking together and it's a it's the first bromance movie as far as i'm concerned yeah it's a bromance movie it's great it's a bromance movie what'd you rate it i'd give it a b i'd give it a b yeah a lot of people call it the best of the series but i give it a b 
Yeah, it is, like you were saying, it's more of a modern film. Yeah. The other two, it's a bit longer, more happens. There's mm-hmm. more, you know, interpersonal relationships and stuff like that. There's but, a lot of cool little bits, too. Like, um, the kid very early in the movie says, there's a giant that comes to talk to me. He means giant when he says, giant. Yeah, I have no idea where this kid's accent is from. Yeah. But I love it. And he says a giant comes to talk to him, and uh, the inspector's like, let's talk about this giant. And he's like, yeah, he gives me trinkets. Side note, the but- the butler's been missing for the whole movie. Yeah. The butler's name is, like, Benson. He's like, let me see this trinket that he gave you. And the kid gives the inspector, like, a watch, and then inside it says, like, Benson or something. Oh, no, it's the watch of the guy that they just found dead in town. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he's like, okay. And so then he's able to piece together that, like, the giant is coming to see the kid, like, through oh, some... Oh, no, you're right. I'm sorry. It is the butler. Sorry. Didn't need to interrupt you for that, but... No, sorry, it's okay. Anyways, but there is some kind of clue-style hidden corridor tunnel system throughout the house. There's a lot of little stuff like that going on. There's just, like, a little, lot of little, like, set-up tee-offs that just kind of happen, you know. So, anyways, yeah. And it's you're good. saying you're giving it a B as well? I'm gonna give it a B. Yeah, I yeah, liked it. Pretty decent. And then we watched Younger Frankenstein. Arguably the fourth movie in the series because that little boy grows up to be Gene Wild. <laughs> I've seen Young Frankenstein a million times. It's a movie that I saw before I'd even seen a Frankenstein movie. I'd never, ever, ever seen a Frankenstein movie before I saw Young Frankenstein. I fell in love with it. Um, I thought it was one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Um, nowadays, it doesn't. I don't. I, I still don't necessarily think it's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen, just because I've seen it so many times at this point. The jokes. Don't hit as hard. I'm a little bit older, uh, so the jokes don't hit as hard. Um, I would still consider it one of the funniest movies I've seen, probably, but it's just not... Like, we just saw Clue, for example, and I thought Clue was way funnier. Um, but yeah, it was one of my my grandmother's... What is that? Did I just get an email? I think you're getting an email. It's weird that my text tone changed. My email tone changed. All right, it's from uh, Daddy's Girl seventy six at hotmail.com. The says Young Frankenstein says, "Are you single and looking for hot moms in your area?" Uh, Gene Wilder. Uh, no, it says, uh, "God damn, God damn, can Gene Wilder and Mel Brooks make a funny movie?" Uh, a head-to-toe love letter to the classic Frankenstein films and an absolute treat. It's the best Frankenstein movie. Nine out of ten. Uh, real quick, uh, because the email, I got it in the middle of me talking about something that really matters to me. My great-grand... Not my great-grandma. My, just my grandmother, but she was great. She was a great grandma. She was great. She was a great grandma. Rose, rest in peace. Rest I love you so Rose. dearly. <sighs> Yeah, she loved this movie, too. She thought it was hilarious. And we talk about it all the time. Something we bonded over. Man, rest in peace, Grandma. Rest in peace, Grandma. Rest in power, Grandma. Her and MF Doom up there just not hanging out with Tupac. <laughs> Hopefully they're in Transformers 10. Yeah, put my grandma in Transformers 10. It's about time, Hollywood. Why won't Rosalita... Pick up a computer for a second. Heiter. And put Rose White. in Transformers. Put Rose. Rose White. Put her in there. She was such a treat. Yeah. Rest in peace. Anyways, go ahead. Talk about Young Frankenstein a bit, I guess. That was my piece. That's my yeah. piece. Uh, I didn't see it. I wanted to see the other Frankensteins first because Chris was always telling me it's like people consider it like the fourth one because it... Even though there technically is a fourth Frankenstein, most people, yeah, consider this to be... It pays so much, you know, homage, homage. And, homage and stuff like that to the other ones. Um, I love the films of Mel Brooks and 
Gene Wilder, so I knew I was probably going to like this one. Uh, yeah. I have a very similar relationship with you and your grandmother, with me and my dad, but with Blazing Saddles. Luckily, he's still alive. For now. Looking pretty good, though. Yeah? I thought so last time I saw him. I was like, what a handsome er version of the man I saw last time. Yeah, okay. I'm glad. I'll, I'll let him know you said that. Um... Uh, I think this movie's a treat and a half. I had a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, what the fuck, right? Especially watching it right after these other three. <laughs> yeah. Um, there are so many times, like, like halfway through this movie, they're, they're at a graveyard, him and Igor, and he, like, they peek up a little bit and he goes, get down, you fool, which yeah. is the beginning of Frankenstein. Yeah. Or like, but not yeah. only that, but everything's a set just like that. Everything's a set just like that. Um, I think like you were that. telling me the, the lab set is the same set. Yeah, they didn't set it up exactly the same, obviously. Yeah. This is kind of a hard thing to do in 1970 when you don't have quick access to a film the mm-hmm. same way you would now. But all of the pieces are cool. of the original set. Very cool. Yeah. Um. There's the running joke of the inspector again with a wooden arm, but, you know, I thought... Maybe one of my favorite jokes is that the the jokes for the wooden arm ramp up as the movie goes on. Like, it's yeah. <laughs> very loud, and he has to click it over the place, and he's lighting a cigar with it. And then later, like, he gets stuck, and mm-hmm. he has to leave like that. And then at the very end, they use him as a battering ram with his wooden yeah. arm. Um, but I love when the two of them are talking, like, toward the end of the movie. Yeah. And they're playing darts. And the last one, the son of Frankenstein and the Inspector Clue or whatever... We're playing darts for a lot of that movie. Yeah. There's just a bunch of little stuff in this in that movie that I in this movie that are like that that I love. Um and I just I just do. I just love the idea of Gene Wilder being like, I'd like to make basically another Frankenstein movie and make it funny and it has to be in black and white. Yeah. And it's shot just like the other ones, it's scored just like the other ones. Paced. It's paced just like the other ones. Painstakingly paced the other ones. Um it's so much fun. Um to jump off of that for a brief second, yeah, that's one of the things that I love about it. I remember um, there was a period when I was like 18, 19, where I just kept fucking getting pneumonia. Just Classic. like six times in a year. And six? Yeah. That's it a was lot. fucked up. You kept getting pneumonia, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I spent a lot of that time just in this back room of this house that I was renting with uh, my then girlfriend. And I was just watching a lot of Mel Brooks movies, like the producers and a lot of... Um, Milberg's documentaries and stuff like that and one of the things that I watched was a making of of this and uh, yeah there's just interviews of Gene Wilder talking about like yeah I was just sitting in my apartment and for uh, you know a couple days like there was just this channel where they were having like a Frankenstein marathon and I was just watching these movies back to back to back and he was like and I just adore them I'm just the biggest fan right and he was like and I just had this funny little idea for this scene where Igor uh, comes to pick up Frankenstein's grandson at the you know like a, a train station or whatever and they have to go down this little staircase and he's got his little his little walking stick and he, he goes walk this way and then he walks down the staircase with, with, the, with the walking stick and then he says walk this way to, to Frankenstein and he goes to start walking and he goes no 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 walk this way and hands him the walking mm-hmm. stick and he is expected to walk down the staircase with that walking stick and he's like and I had that idea and he's like and Basically, over the next couple of days, whenever I wrote, you know, a rough outline of what young Frankenstein would be, and I brought it to Mel, and I said, hey, how about this, you know? And, uh, yeah, exactly like you're saying, this this whole thing where it's just like this little 
let's be honest gene wilder is a tim curry level freak he's a little freak he carries this movie he's the backbone of this movie and i just love him being like this is something i love suddenly i had the idea to like write this love letter to it this parody which is at the time like in my opinion until scary movie parodies were basically love letters to something the same way that roasts are kind of a love letter to someone you respect and yeah he writes this little thing he shows it to mel brooks mel brooks says whatever they go and they show it to you know uh some uh studios and the studios go yeah it's 1971 three whatever uh we're not making a black and white movie and they go thank you so much for your time and they finally end up finding a studio that would make it in black and white and uh you know they're off to the races they do their little weird thing and what a treat and a half i love it. this movie was great yeah it's, uh just as funny so the other one's like right off the bat, he's giving the thing and the punching the guy, or pretending to punch the guy in the nuts and yeah. stuff like that. And then he gets angry at the student, and he like had picked up the scalpel a second ago. He's and like, yeah, yeah. He says, he says, you have a better chance of uh, animating this scalpel than you do of reanimating dead tissue. And, and then he's, he's like, but sir, it. isn't that the basis of your father? He's like, my grandfather's work was doo-doo! And then he slams the scalpel down on his knee like you would slam something down on a desk, but it's a scalpel, so it goes into his leg, and he stops for a second and puts his leg over, like, crosses his leg so you can't see the scalpel anymore very slowly. And he's like, Class dismissed. Is dismissed. Um, and there's just a bunch of dumb Mel Brooks movie jokes, like, yeah. oh, great knockers and shit like that. Yeah. Uh, I absolutely adore a Werewolf. 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 <laughs> Here, Castle. Oh, I think he, Igor, Igor, can't remember the actor. Marty name. Feldman. Marty Feldman carries this movie. He's my absolute yeah. favorite part. I think Gene does. But he, yes, Marty is very funny, yes. He's hilarious in this movie, but my favorite scene doesn't involve him. It's the one that you were saying Mel Brooks didn't want to do. Yeah. Where they're showing him, <laughs> <laughs> they're showing him off like it's the end of King Kong. And he's like, look, he can walk, he can do this, and... He can also be a man about town, and they do a little dance number. Where Try they mighty hard to look like Gary Cooper. That's so fucking funny. Um, My favorite one probably has to do with Gene Wilder spending two minutes of the runtime being like, "Listen, I'm gonna go in there. I'm gonna try to reason with the market, uh, the, the monster. No matter what yeah. I say, you cannot open that door. No matter how much I beg, I plead, I cry, you cannot open that door." And then they close the door, and immediately goes. Open this goddamn door right now, you rotten son of a bitch. I'll kick your rotten head in. This is yeah. not a joke, mommy, mommy. I think maybe my favorite Gene Wilder bit is when they can't bring the monster to life. He goes, well, if science teaches anything to us is that we have to accept our wins and our losses in utmost grace and acceptance dignity. and dignity. And they turn around, and he turns back around, and he starts choking the monster. He goes, how could you do this to me? <laughs> I'll get this. I'll get you for this. I'll get you for this. As if it. he's not dead. <laughs> but yeah, from the rip, I mean, yeah, as you were saying, in your opening ramble, black and white, sets the tone, pacing crazy, shot just like it, scored just like it. Um, you know, they're off to the races. They're off to, you know, Transylvania or whatever the fuck. Because that's the whole thing. They're like, Transylvania next to you. You know. Yep. Pardon me, boy. Is this the Transylvania station? Like, pardon me, boy. Is this the Chattanooga stu? Choo choo. You know, mm-hmm. that was a little joke on that. Um, yeah, meets Igor. We already talked about that scene. They go off to the fucking whatever. You know, meet Frau Blucher. Um, something that I'm gonna bite right from uh, from one of those documentaries. I think I saw when I was watching all that Mel Brooks shit when I had the pneumonia and stuff. 
just a bunch of people just gassing Gene Wilder up. They're, they just keep talking about how like brilliant his performance is, is because somehow he's at the same time the most composed person in any scene and the most out of control. You know, I love it because he plays. He's the, explosive. He plays the whole thing straight. Um, and like I love when he's going up on the platform with the monster and he's giving that monologue about uh-huh. bringing life to this creature or whatever. And yeah. I'm like, this is better than Frankenstein in the first Frankenstein. This yeah. is believable and compelling, and I love watching him do this. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many scenes where, like, uh, like the, the one they were pointing to in that documentary was the one where she's like, would the doctor like a brandy before bed? And he's like, no, I'm fine. Thank you. She's like, some more milk, perhaps. He's like, no, thank you. And then she's like, Oh, Voltim, he's like, nothing! I will have nothing! I'm very tired! And there's just so many scenes where, like, just at the drop of a dime, like, he's literally on the, he's on the uh, camel's hair away from losing his shit entirely. My grandfather's work was (laughs) doo-doo! When they're going through the books in a secret library, and they find the one that just in big letters says how I did it. (laughs) Yeah. That's so good. I love when he's leaning on the books, and he's like, what in the world could this room possibly be? And then Igor's like, I don't know, music room? And she's like, but there's so many books. And he's like, it's my grandfather's private library. (laughs) I love the big, long uh, scene where they're, like, doing a bookcase and slipping around. Yeah. Okay. Pull the candle, and I will stop it with my body <laughs> and he gets smashed in it and that goes on for a while and then yeah. they finally get it stopped halfway they're going yeah. okay cool <gasps> a secret passage yeah or when they're having that dinner and the, the monster from the basement is like Rawr! and he's like it is good isn't it and I goes like what and he's like you made a yummy sound it is good and he's like i didn't make a yummy sound <laughs> just the phrase a yummy sound. i know yeah i know god there's so many great things like that uh yeah i love this movie it brings me so much joy um super special to me and yeah i just I, it, the one thing that i'm just over the moon about the thing that I, I i i just can't get over is just to have a vision that specifically and see it through so perfectly yeah it's great just on every level so many things had to line up like i said even down to something as minuscule as they wanted it in black and white and so many studios told them we're not doing a movie it's the yeah. 70s we're not doing a movie in black and white and just the idea that they stuck to their guns and saw it through yeah, it's even so down great. to him doing it against Mel Brooks, like you were talking yeah. about the putting on the roots scene. Yeah, Mel Brooks hated that scene. He was like, this is not funny, Gene. And Gene was like, no, I'm telling you, please, 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 please. And eventually they shot it, and Gene was, or Mel Brooks was like, yeah, you, you were, I was wrong. I was wrong. This is funny. Um, there's <laughs> my favorite, this movie contains my favorite blooper. Um, it involves the night where uh, Gene Wilder is having a nightmare, which his lab assistant refers to as a, you're having a nightmare. Very funny. They can hear some noise, uh, i.e. a violin being played. That's right. And uh, they follow it to the briefcase. We are not the briefcase, the fucking bookcase. We already talked about that scene. They follow the secret passage. They bump into Marty Feldman. Very funny scene because they're looking at the skulls. Three years dead, two years dead, one year dead, six months dead. And at the very end, recently deceased, he's like, ah! I ain't got no body. And the reason why that's one of my favorite scenes is because he's like, well, I heard the strangest music and I decided to follow it down. I don't know. Call it a hunch. And then he points to his hunchback. Very funny. I love when he puts his hand on his shoulder and he goes, wasn't what was that on the other side earlier? Because it was what? what? Let's go over here. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> oh yeah, in the beginning, <laughs> when they first meet each other, he's like, you know, I'm a rather brilliant surgeon. I could take care of this hunch for you. And he goes, what hunch? And <laughs> Gene Wilder goes, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, they follow the music all the way down to the the, the basement. They find this uh, lab, and then they find the hidden room, which ends up being the 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 private library. And uh, <laughs> they initially find the violin, and they touch it. And Igor says a very funny line, which is, "It's still warm." And then they go, "Look, whoever it was left their cigar smoldering in the ashtray." And a scene that was intended to be in the movie, but they had to cut because they shot it again and again and again. And not only could the actors in the scene not hold their their laughter, but the people behind the scenes could not hold their laughter. To the point where Mel Brooks was apparently biting onto his belt. Uh, that's what I remember him saying in one of the documentaries. That he was chewing on his belt to try to prevent him from laughing. Because what happened, as soon as they find the cigar, uh, Gene Wilder becomes suspicious of Igor again. And he says to Marty Feldman, let me smell your breath. And then Marty Feldman gets right into Gene Wilder's face. It takes forever. It's a very long, long scene. He gets in his face and he goes... <sighs> as he unhinges his jaw and drops like two or three inches and just as soon as that happens everybody in front of and behind the camera could not hold their laughter to the point where mel brooks even says he's like even if we could be quiet enough we couldn't stop the cameraman from behind the camera shaking the fucking camera from laughing (laughs) so instead what happens in the movie is he goes look and whoever it is couldn't put the you know didn't put their cigar out and then it hard cuts to them being like what is this room and uh yeah just great. The putting on the Ritz scene, as you said, fantastic. Um, it also uh, it, it it also has a beautiful scene, um, which I I've never read the book uh, as you have listened to, but uh, at the end you get a beautiful monologue from the monster, Peter Boyle, mm-hmm. which is something that postmodern Prometheus also does, which is my favorite one of my favorite episodes of the X Files. Um, I've never read the book, so I I didn't know it was from the book, but as soon as he started you know pontificating to the to the fucking the villagers and they're like oh he does have a soul um you were like wow this is straight out of the book i had no idea um i had no idea at all but it's more so the monster saying that yeah 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 it's great so this movie as far as i'm concerned that's an a plus baby out of the park uh, yeah they had a vision they saw it through i'm gonna give it a uh, i'm gonna give it an a yeah 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 fantastic fantastic loved all these movies i'm gonna give it a out of 10 <laughs> um we could end it now or we could do a little bit of table talk that i've been wanting to do for a while yeah i would like to watch a couple james bond movies for this podcast uh-huh. you seemed lukewarm on the idea because there are 45 of these fucking movies no, no, you're wrong that's the part that gives me excitement yeah but my only problem is how do we disperse it so that the content does not become, for just six months, purely exactly. James Bond. I have all of them pulled up right now. Yeah. I'm going to say... Oh! How about this? I will hear you out, but I'm saying we get a James Bond hat. And we write all the names of the movies and we pull them out at random. That might be a better idea than what I have right now. Okay. But how many do we pick? 24. 20, do you want to do all of them? That was my thought, yeah. Oh. Then we could do a bracket system. What's the best James Bond movie? We could, but again, I don't want to do these for like six months straight. Or, you know what we could do? Once a month. Oh, we could do once a Yeah, but that's like a year then. I mean, that's even more than that's a year. That's great. It's a great way to, you know, we need content. We need You're going to say a year from now we're not going to need James Bond content? This, we, 
This is what we could we could do. Your idea. <gasps> Every seventh of the month, we do a James Bond movie. Okay. Um, <laughs> wow. How about it, huh? That's one a month. The Chris. That's two years. Yeah. Oh, this is the. It's gonna be hard to rank after seeing. <laughs> we'll we'll watch No we'll Time to Die. We'll write it down. We'll keep it on like, the fridge. Yeah, but then how will we know how we really felt about Doctor No when we watched No Time to Die? Because <laughs> we'll give it a number rating. Okay. I. What's your idea? Let's hear your idea. We just shotgun them. We watch as many as we possibly can, as fast as we can. Wow. We. Gnarly. We don't have to like stick to it that hard. This I is need- my second. <laughs> this isn't the first idea I was gonna bring to the table. We could, and it doesn't have to be like an episode is this movie and then a James Bond movie. It could be a little tag at the end of every episode where, hey, we t- we watch this James Bond movie. Unless we really like it, then we can dedicate a whole episode to it. Okay. To one of them. Fuck it. We're Fuck. doing your thing. We're going to try to shotgun as many as we can. Or. No. No or. <laughs> well, let me say the thing. I want to say it first. I read you off the, the names of the James Bond movies. We pick just seven of the best names and we watch those. <laughs> no, I, I think what we need to do is uh, definitely just spend multiple. Like, I'm saying in one week, we try to shotgun with both of your days off and all evenings as many, if not all, of the James Bond movies. Okay, we might be able to do that. I might be super, super into that. And then we try to do it in an episode or two. Might, we have to break it off when it hits an hour and a half, and then it technically becomes a second episode, and we see what we can fill up. Okay. Um, it would give me an excuse to buy that box that I want to watch. Yeah. Buy. But, like, my thing is, like, you know what I'd love to watch? From huh. Russia with Love. Mm, that sounds like a film and a half. We'll get there. You know what I don't want to watch? Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah, but I've you heard that me? Kanye song, and so I definitely want to. Okay, Diamonds Are Forever. You know what I'd love to see? Moonraker. You know what I don't really want to see? Yeah, Moonraker, they say, is one of the worst ones, but it sounds so sick. It's apparently the best book. I read it, and it was fine. Um, and I'm real scared about the Pierce Brosnan ones. I just want to watch Goldeneye. I feel like the rest of them were doo-doo, probably. Also, I'm looking at these, like, adjusted for inflation and, like, what they made. Newest James Bond movie cost 200 mil and it made 500 mil. Doctor No cost 7 mil and it made 500 mil. Wow. Yeah. Adjusted for 2005. Which, that being said, this this thing I'm, this chart I have, it says actual adjusted for 2005. And you got No Time to Die, which came out this year. Is that adjusted for 2005? It is. It is. It's right here. It actually made seven hundred million. Adjusted for two thousand five, for some reason, five hundred million. Huh. Interesting. I think it just goes to show that fucking make the shit in front of the camera. Actually, no time to die looks really good. I'm sure it does. I watched a visual effects breakdown. There's a yeah. lot of scenes that I never would have guessed. Oh, I'm not effects. saying it doesn't look good. I'm saying look at that price tag. True. That's what I'm saying. They. A, a lot of it is they had to do a lot of it practically, but like with a lot of the car stuff, they had to shoot it over and over and over again. So the streets were just bringing another Tesla. Yeah, the streets were just covered in skid marks. Tesla parks. So they had to replace all the streets with CGI streets. Yeah, uh, that'll get cut out because that's boring. Um, one of these movies is called Octopussy. I really have to leave. You have to leave. Uh huh. Actually, I don't think we're gonna watch Diamonds Are Forever because I don't think that one counts. Huh? Because. Sean Connery did one, two, three, four, five, 
And then they brought in George Lazenby, and he went, I don't want to do this anymore. And then I think Diamonds Are Forever and Live and Let Die came out pretty close to each other. Like, What's his name, George Lazenby? Yeah. Well, much like him, I don't want to do this anymore either. That's that, Mattress Man. How'd you like that? It was rude. I did not like it. Really? You didn't? I really do have to piss off. That's why I did it. I didn't mean to do it to be mean. I really... Still, uh... Still really got me right in the feelings. If you need more soup, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or go to our website, eatingsoupalone.com. And until next time... 